Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good Saturday morning to you. This morning I am joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Teresa, good morning. Good morning, Denny. It's so wonderful to be here with you. Well, it's always good to have you back on the radio with us answering those lawn and garden type of questions. Uh, and uh, for those uh, regular listeners, they know, as you do, how busy <laughs> we tend to get this hour. So if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, don't wait. By all means, you uh, can call it in, uh, and we'd love to hear from you. Or if you find it easier, just send us a text. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Already, we're getting text messages, and I was thinking too of of in the last couple of weeks. Of course, given all the nineties, the hot weather we've had lately, mm-hmm. we've had some questions over these uh, last few weeks about fertilization. Uh, is there uh, do's and don'ts as far as you know lawns? Of course, you say hold off on that. Exactly. Uh, what about other plants or shrubs? Is there is, uh, Are there certain plants or shrubs that could take fertilization, even in the hot weather? 
that's a really good question, Denny. Uh, when plants are heat stressed, you don't want to um, overstress them with extra fertilizer. But those plants in containers that you're keeping well watered, your veggie garden that you're keeping well watered, you need to do some fertilization in those areas. Uh, the the containers you want to be blooming in those annuals take a lot of energy, and with all the watering you're doing, a lot of times the, the uh, fertilizer fertilizer can get flushed through the system more quickly. So Please, um, you know, keep fertilizing those flowers in the containers and deadhead if needed. Uh, deadhead is where you cut off this, you cut or pull off the spent flowers, and then the plant keeps blooming. And the same thing in your garden. Go ahead and and you can fertilize some of those crops if they need it. If they're looking a little a little tired or they're starting to produce fruit, you can go ahead and fertilize them. And again, with your veggie gardens, you want to keep picking your produce because if you keep picking the produce, the plant will usually keep producing. But if the produce gets old on the vine or on the plant, the plant has done its job and it will think it's already going to set seed or have new new plants in the future. It's done its job and it will shut down production. So you could lose some produ- production in your cucumbers or your squashes or you know, zucchini, that might not be a bad thing, but um, tomatoes and things like that. So you need to keep um, fertilizing and, uh, and taking the produce off. If you can't use it, find a neighbor who can or see if a few food shelf near you can use it. That's a great idea. Uh, let's, uh, we're getting uh, more phone calls and text messages as great. we speak. Let's grab a call from uh, Diane calling from Minneapolis this morning. Uh, Diane, good morning. You are on with Teresa Rooney. Hey, Teresa and Denny, and thank you so much for taking my call, and yeah. thank you for this great program every 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 Saturday. Thank but what you, I'm Diane. calling about, I'm calling about a catalpa tree. I have a huge catalpa tree in my backyard. It's probably over sixty-five years old. Okay. And it's a beautiful tree. But mm-hmm. the reason I'm calling is I've had so many people ask me, you know, on this tree, you know. It produces these long, they look like green beans. That's not what they are, they but do. these long mm-hmm. green. Yep. Okay, and some of them this year are almost two feet wow. long. But wow. the question I'm asking is this. What is the purpose of these, or these beans? Because all the years I've had this tree, mm-hmm. not once ever have I had a little tree or a seedling growing anywhere. Like, you know, in the spring when right. the trees, mm-hmm. and I'm, for, oh, like this year, I have pulled out so many little trees. So many elms and never, maples. Never, mm-hmm. never, ever have had a catalpa tree. You know, that's a really good question, Diane, and I've never thought of that before because I totally can see what you're saying there. Those bean pods are actually like seeds, like green bean seeds. You don't want to eat them, but they're actually supposed to uh, help the tree reproduce. And you're right, I don't see a lot of those um, reproducing. I don't know. I would have to research it, but perhaps the tree is hardy in our area, hardy enough to to flower and leaf out and then set um, set seeds. But it might not be that the seeds have a long enough time to ripen or it might not be that they're, the seeds are winter hardy. I don't really know, and that's an excellent question. And now I have my homework for the day. Uh, <laughs> so I will research. be researching that. Um, now my brain is just totally intrigued with that question. Thank you, All Diane. Right. I don't yeah, have thanks, a good Diane. answer for you. And thanks for the comments, Diane. Appreciate that. Let's grab another phone call, Teresa. Chuck is also on the horn calling in from Minneapolis this morning. Thanks for waiting, Chuck. What's your question, please? 
Yeah, first, good morning to both of you. Uh, I have quack grass that has new seeds on it. Now, if I spray it with weed and grass killer, will the quack grass seeds on the plant be killed? Number two, how long will it take to kill the quack grass roots? And then number three, when can I lay new sod? Those are really good questions. Um, I would think that the seeds would not be um, impacted by any spraying. Seeds are usually coated with protective substances by the plants. And um, thanks for your comments about the show. But um, thanks. Uh, so so the, they would probably be protected from the weed and feed or the weed killer that you're putting down. Quackgrass has a lot of roots, so you would have to keep spraying that weed killer, uh, that grass killer. You need a grass killer on that. Uh, and make sure it's labeled for quackgrass uh, until the quackgrass is done, and that may be a few extra times. And remember, when you pull up that quackgrass, you're going to um, move the seeds in the soil that have been there years and years and years, and they may come up and start growing, and they could grow through your sod. So just be expecting that and to know that you probably years and years and years and they may come up and start growing and they could grow through your sod. So just be expecting that and to know that you probably are going to have to battle quackgrass again later after you lay sod. And, and always read the label instructions. It will tell you treating quackgrass and then it will say you can seed or resod these many days after you do this for the, with this product. So that's you need to read the label and figure out what your timing on that. And again, in the middle of summer, probably not the easiest time to lay sod. Good luck. Yeah. Teresa, texter says, uh, when do you renovate strawberries and how do you do it? Oh, I would suggest, um, I'll give you a quick rundown, but then I would also suggest going to the extension website, extension.umn.edu. And it kind of does depend upon what kind of strawberries you have. If they're the ever-bearing, you would probably want to wait till they finish bearing. If they're just June-bearing, then once they bear their fruit, you can you can cut the crowns back a little bit, uh, let them let the daughters get set out. And uh, then make sure you cover really well in the fall with straw. But I would defer to the extension website. Please read through and figure out which kind of berries you have, whether they're June or Everbearing, and um, and go from there, which kind of strawberries. Extension.umn.edu. Yeah, great reading no matter what uh, time of year, whatever subject. Uh, extension.umn.edu. We always like to mention that, and for good reason, too. I know we have to break you. I want to grab one more before we uh, uh, grab a call. Texter has uh, sent this in earlier. Uh, they transplanted a lilac plants that were runners from the main plant. They made it through this past winter. Do you think they will form buds and blossoms? I would give them one more year. Usually it's the second or third year growth that you have that when you start to see the lilac flowers. Now, any pruning you do at this time, you've prob- you're probably going to be cutting off flowers. Uh, the flower buds are already forming next year in on the plant. So just don't do any pruning unless you have to do a judicious pruning. And then just understand every cut you make could be cutting off flowers. But I'd expect to see some flowers next year. Keep watering it. Give it a little bit of, of uh, some granular fertilizer perhaps uh, before the end of the month. And um, then just protect it really well in the winter from bunnies and deer. Okay. Before we break, let's grab a phone call from Catherine calling in from uh, Blaine this morning. Catherine, you're on with Teresa. Good morning, you guys. I I really appreciate your program. I mean, it's one of my favorite on Saturday morning. Can't miss it. 
Anyway, I just wanted to ask, I I plant uh, perennials in my little garden, and none of <laughs> the only thing that comes back is possibly um, uh, some one of my one of my lilies. Now the thing is, I planted cornflowers. They did not. I had beautiful ones last year. They didn't come back. I, you know, um, many plants and the perennials just don't want to come back. So what am I doing wrong? Is there some kind of a soil that I need, or? You- Okay, to, um, Catherine, what I would do, and thank you for your for your lovely comments. We love our, our, our listeners. Um, what I would do is get a soil test from, from the University of Minnesota. And, again, you can find that at soiltestumn or um, extension.umn.edu. Um, th- now, some of the – there's cornflowers and there's bachelor buttons, and the bachelor buttons are, are annuals. They sometimes self-seed. It depends upon how you're planting them, whether you're planting – plants or seeds um, when you're planting them and then taking care of them. Um, I would do some reading on the extension website and and see if any of those things work for you uh, when you're planting and how you're planting. Uh, uh, This just depends. And you might even want to, if you're planting some of those hardy hardy annuals like the bachelor buttons or some people call them cornflowers, you can plant those in uh, what we call winter sowing containers in January. You can Google that. And um, sometimes then you'll get little plants, and that's easier to to plant out than seeds. So hopefully that answers your question. But why your other perennials aren't coming up, I'm not quite sure. If the bunnies are getting to them first in the spring or if they're just not hardy perennials for our area or if there's something really tough on your on your, on your um your garden maybe it's not sunny enough. It's it's too the soil's too lean. The soil's too rich. Uh, there's something in the soil. So I would start with a soil test and go from there. Good luck, yeah. Catherine. We'll take a break, uh, Teresa, and be right back on the other side. In the Twin Cities right now, uh, we still have some haze smoke reported, and that uh, should be ending. We hope by later on this afternoon. They've increased uh, the rain chances, not by much, a 20% chance of showers late this afternoon, at least for the Twin Cities. Fair skies now haze out there, 65 degrees here on News Talk 8.3. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your phone calls and text messages Lawn and garden type of questions for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney this morning. And Teresa, no stranger to our busyness here. Uh, today is no exception. So let's put you back to work here. And, uh, what, of course, uh, maybe right after the break, too, after we uh, look at that forecast, let's talk a little bit about the Arboretum, always a okay. fun place to mm-hmm. visit. In the meantime, Texter says, is it okay to trim my red dogwood bush? It has berries on it right now. Sure, you can go ahead and trim that. Uh, the birds would love the berries, but if you don't need the berries and you want to trim it back, it's getting a little overgrown. Go ahead and trim it back. Take out the the old dead or the old dead stuff, of course, and then any taller um, straw, uh, taller twigs that are maybe turning a little gray, and that will cause some new growth that'll be nice and red in the fall for you. I think a lot of people have this next question in mind that have lawns. Texture says, I have not been watering my lawn. Should I start now or just let it go brown and dormant? 
You know, I'd probably give it a little drink if you haven't gotten any rain. Uh, you don't have to do it as heavy as you might if you have a, a really manicured and high-maintenance Kentucky bluegrass. But if you're starting to see some brown patches or when you walk on it, you can see footprints, then you need to water it. And you don't have to water, you know, three, four, five, six times a week. Just give it a good drink of water. Uh, Maybe next week give it another good drink of water and then just kind of wait and see what happens on it. We'll have some cooler temps next week, maybe get some rain. And um, that'll just give it a little something so it can go into August. Uh, Well, already talking August, so it can go into August um, with maybe a little more water reserve or a little healthier root system. And remember to mow high if you have to mow. So mow, let it get up to four, four and a half inches, and then only mow off a third at a time maximum. Good luck with your lawns, folks. Yes, and I suppose I don't have to mention that. Look at your different cities uh, well, they, as watering far as watering restrictions. restrictions. Thank you. That's for important that. too. Yeah, when since I don't water, I sometimes forget that people. That's have those true. That's why right. you don't have to worry about. It. I don't have a lawn, so. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this listener, Teresa, says, "When can I trim my oak tree?" Uh, do not trim your oak tree now. If, if Think about if there's any insects of, around at all. You don't want to trim oak trees. So oak trees would be probably the end of December, January, and February is when you want to trim your oak trees. And if you can't get a hold of us on CCO um, or find a master gardener, always go to the Extension website, and they'll give you that vital information. Yeah, extension.umn.edu. Uh, Teresa, this uh, listener wants to know, how do you treat magnolia scale? Oh, my gosh, bless you. You're going to have a fight on your hands. Um, Again, I would suggest you go to the Extension website, see what's involved, and if you want to even start down that road. If it's a really big tree, it may entail um, using some systemic um, er, uh, pesticides, which which is something that you would probably water in. Uh, Some may be sprayed on, I don't know but that actually the entire tree absorbs the poison. So anything that eats on the tree dies, any little caterpillars that might turn into butterflies or, or scale. Um, then if, you, if it's a smaller plant, you can t- sometimes scrape the scale off. But magnolia scale is a real tough one and very heartbreaking for most of us who have lost our magnolias, including me. Wow. You have to pick your battles. And that one, if you have a big tree, it's... Uh, I don't know if it's worth it. You know, start thinking yeah. about what you can replace it with. A Very crab good. apple or an apple tree or something else that's flowering. Our phone number is also our text number, 651-461-9226 for your lawn and garden questions from Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Here's another one, Teresa. Uh, should, uh, so should Brussels sprouts and asparagus be fertilized now as well? We don't get the garden watered real frequently. Um, if, if they're not looking too stressed, if they're looking stressed, I would suggest watering would be your better option. But you can give them a little a little gentle fertilizer. And if you're ever worried about fertilizing anything, thinking, oh, their plant might be stressed or something, um, just top dress with some compost and, and let the rain or you water that in. And that will help the plant get some nutrition in, back into the soil. Um, if that's ever a concern that you might be, or go with an organic fertilizer. They're usually much um, much lighter in their dosages and easier for the plants to, to uh, take. They, they don't get a big, a big dump of um, nutrients all at one time. Okay. 
Let's see if uh, there's going to be any rain in the forecast. We'll have a look at uh, the rest of the weekend and the uh, coming week's weather, and then we'll uh, have about another half hour of the show to go. Any kind of a lawn or garden question, we welcome yours at 651-461-9226. From News Talk 830, this is WCCO. And good morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Every Saturday here on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming those lawn and garden questions today from Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. And, uh, Teresa, I know we have callers, we have texters, but let's quickly at least mention for those that maybe have never been there, and once you do go there, you're <gasps> going to want to go there often. Are and there people that have never the, been there, Danny? The, well, yes, that's Are a, there? Surprise. Oh, my That's gosh. shocking. I'm, I'm talking about the University <laughs> of Minnesota Landscape Arboretum. Uh, lots going on all year round, but especially it's such a great time of year now. It's amazing out there. The prairies are coming into bloom, so you can see what the prairies look like and look what those prairie plants look like. Daylilies and lilies are blooming out there, the clematis. Um, dahlias are starting to bloom, so you can see what dahlias look like in the dahlia garden. You know, and if on one of those hot days, take a stroll through the, through the hosta glade cool down look at some green plants and some flowering plants nice and shady it's it's there's something for everybody you can head out to the bee area uh the arb the farm at the arb you can learn some stuff about farming them what they're doing out there uh, there's just all kinds of stuff going on go to the arboretum it's a treasure it's a gem it's a destination and uh, don't forget to make the reservations. You got to go online. It really makes it easy, and it makes parking so easy. I've said that in the past. Exactly. It's a very efficient way of uh, of getting to the arboretum. So just uh, get online and uh, reserve your time, and you're going to love it. You're going to love it. All right, we've many phone calls and text messages. Let's get back to it, Teresa. Daryl is first up here, calling in from Lake Elmo. Daryl, what's your question for Teresa? Okay. Hey, Daryl. Well, if Daryl's not there, okay. maybe Janice is there, calling in from Apple Valley. Janice, are you there? Yes, I am. What's your Great. question, please? I had some ash trees uh, cut down and the stumps ground out uh, at my house. Now in one of the holes, there are um, ash trees sprouting and I'm wondering about the best way to get rid of those and potentially prevent that from happening in the future. Sure. Um, you could just pull those. Uh, they probably um, aren't very well rooted in there. It might just be from the soil. Um, otherwise, just go ahead and cut them off gr- at ground level. If they come up again, just keep cutting them off. Sometimes uh, when you cut down a tree, some roots may send up some some uh, some saplings, some little new trees to come up. Or sometimes when you move all the soil around, there's a lot of seeds in the soil. Then they start coming up uh, when they see the light and the, the warmth and the heat from the sun. So uh, go ahead and just pull those out or cut them down. If you if you don't feel comfortable doing that or if they're just too big, you can spray them with a, a, wee, uh, a broadleaf weed killer. Just remember to read and follow the instructions because on hot days or days when there's even just the slightest breeze, the 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 uh, the product can the sticker agent goes onto the plant, 
but the poison goes through the air. It, it, um, it autonomizes. It becomes airborne, and it goes through the air and can land anywhere, and it might land on your prize roses. So just read and follow the instructions, and good luck with that, Janice. Sorry you had to cut down your ash tree. Texter says this, Sir Teresa, our maple trees in our townhome development have gall mites. What can you tell us about that, and what's your recommendation? Um, I would say it's just adding extra texture to the plant leaves, and you may never see them again, or you may get to see them every year. Um, sometimes even the leaves can be deformed a bit, but as long as most of the tree is green and photosynthesizing, it's absolutely not a problem at all. Uh, sometimes it's caused by an insect um, nibbling on the plant and the plant reacts with like us with a mosquito bite, or sometimes there's actually a little egg in there and then a little mite or something will come out and fly away or fall away. It doesn't do anything to us. It's not hurting the tree. So I just always think of galls as extra texture to my plants okay good let's go back to the phones Teresa. i think bernice has been on the line calling in from from, uh, minneapolis bernice what is your question my question is my korean maple has cankers what can i do to save it well bernice i'm sorry about that Uh, korean maples are beautiful trees smaller than our our big maples uh, and they add some wonderful wonderful vibrancy to the uh, environment I would suggest it really depends upon where the canker is in the tree. If it's on a branch, you can trim that branch back, uh, back to the trunk, and um, then sterilize your pruners or your your saw blades or whatever. Um, if it's on the trunk of the tree, there's not much you can do. Um, if it's a if it's a vital part of your landscape, I would suggest calling a certified arborist and have them look at it and assess the tree and give you an idea of what you can or can't do. If the tree can be saved, if it's going to spread, if it's not a big deal, we'll just cut off a branch and we're done. So it really depends on how big, where it's located, and, and how important the tree is in your landscape. So those would be my suggestions. Again, you can look at extension.umn.edu for some more information. Listen, they're asking, uh, Teresa, should linden trees have the foliage thinned? You know, if the tree is planted correctly and it's a nice, healthy tree, and by saying it's planted correctly, it's not planted too deep, um, so you can see the root flare and everything else, you don't normally have to trim lindens to reduce the foliage. Um, if if you want to, I suppose you could, but normally they are thicker fo- foli- foliage trees. They have a lot more leaves than, than some of our trees, and it's a tighter formation for those leaves, so... That's just naturally how the plant grows. So you probably don't have to do anything. Oh, good. Let's pick up on another phone call, Teresa. Patty calling in from uh, St. Louis Park, I believe, this morning. Thanks for waiting, Patty. What's your question, please? Yeah, I also have another maple question. I have a 40-year-old beautiful sugar maple in my front yard. And this past six months, the leaves have been turning significantly brown. I've been told that it may be caused by girdling. What mm-hmm. is that, and what do you recommend I do? Thanks, Teresa. Okay, that's a really good question, Patty. Maple trees tend to be susceptible to girdling roots. So think of women who would wear girdles. It tightens them up on their tummy. Well, what happens with a with a maple tree when they're planted too deep? 
they send out roots from the stem or the trunk of the tree. Those are adventitious roots. They're taking advantage of the situation. So the roots go out, and like some of the roots don't behave themselves and they turn around and they start to strangle the tree underground because you've planted the tree too deep or or the mulch has has built up too much around the trunk of the tree. And as they strangle that tree, they're cutting off the nutrients flowing up and down through the trees. So what you need to do is, first of all, look at your tree. Does it look like a, a telephone pole going into the ground? Or does it look like you can see a flare, like a flared skirt or a flared pair of pants going into the ground, where you can see those buttressing roots, those big roots that are holding the tree in place? Um, it, it probably looks like a telephone. So if a telephone pole. So if you can pull back the soil all around and find the root that's turned around and started to strangle the tree, you can cut that root. If there's more than one, cut both of them. They're not doing your tree any good. They're hurting your tree. And um, then the tree might be able to recover, um, build up some more capillaries going up and down or more nutrition areas going up and down and, uh, and burst out the trees. Um, the, the University of Minnesota actually did this on their campus in St. Paul. They got a special dispensation years ago from their insurance company because a lot of their trees had been planted too deeply. And they actually took an air knife and took out the soil around the trees, cut the roots, and saved a lot of the trees so they didn't have to be replanted. So that's how you take care of that. And good luck. And make sure when you plant your trees, you're finding that root flare, whether it's a bald and burlap or whatever, or planted in a pot. You're planting it at the correct depth, not necessarily how it comes to you from the nurseries. Good luck. We'll pick up on a lot of text messages, and there are many, but I want to grab another phone call before we take a break. I do believe Grace calling in from Hugo today. Thank you for waiting. Grace, what is your question? Well, um, let's see. <laughs> now I, I've been waiting I know. so long. I kind of <laughs> it happens. We've had okay, you on hold for a long time. Sorry, Grace. That's okay. It, it's good. It's good. See, um, back in the day, People used to tell you, I mean, uh, to amend the soil when you're planting trees and shrubs. Is that not no longer the story anymore? Whatever the native soil or mm-hmm. the natural soil is, you just leave it and you don't amend it? Is that the, the new rules now? That's yes and no. Um, Grace, that's an excellent yes no. question. Oh, good. Yes and no. So oh. for trees, don't amend the soil. The trees are going to get big. They have to figure out that they're going to live in that area. They have to send their roots out far and wide looking for nutrition and to get settled in. Shrubs are normally smaller. So in that case, it's okay to amend the soil because their roots aren't going to grow that that far away. So you don't have to amend, you know, 200 feet of topsoil. You just have to amend okay. the three-foot hole that you're putting them in. Uh, okay. So you can add a little compost. And that's the amendment I would use is if you have to add a little compost. Otherwise, if you have okay soil, you don't have to amend it. If You can always top dress with a little compost down the road. Um, but, but most trees and shrubs don't need that extra fertilizing. Um, they should be happy where they are. If you choose the right plant for the right place, you should be on, on good standing. And good luck, Grace. That was And thanks for waiting. Yeah, very good. I know we need to take a break. I want to grab We have so many text messages. I want to help these folks out, too. Uh, thanks for waiting. Yeah, very good. 
I know we need to take a break. I want to grab that. We have so many text messages. I want to help these folks out, too. Uh, here's another one before we break. What's uh, what's the best way to eradicate wild cucumber? Uh, pull it before it, it um, blooms or sets seed. Just keep pulling it. That's the easiest thing to do. And if it hasn't set seed, uh, if the flowers have barely started, you can even just toss that into your compost bin. If it sets seed, send it to the city compost so the heat will kill the seeds. Another one before we break. Can you divide salvia plants? If so, when? Salvias. I think it really depends on what salvia it is. I would look at the extension website. They're all blooming now, and you don't normally divide plants when they're blooming. So I would probably divide those in the spring. All right. Hang on, Teresa. We'll take a quick quick break. Be right back with more phone calls and text messages here on our Smart Garden Show. Right now in the Twin Cities, uh, with the smoke and haze still out there, our current CCO temperature reading 65. Stay with us. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your uh, lawn and garden type of questions for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney uh, this morning. And I think... You're going to be with us again next week. Am I correct? I am. I'm so excited. Oh, Two weeks in a that, row. Perfect. We love that. Uh, and we also love our listeners to call in or text in, and we have both. I think Daryl's back from Lake Elmo. Let's check it out this time. Uh, Daryl, you're on CCO. What can we do for you? Yes, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I have some upright ewes and small, five, four, three to five feet, second and third summer in the ground. The my first question is, did I fertilize them in any way? And then my second question is, I have thistle growing up in my sedge. Very difficult to deal with. Is there any solutions for that other than just pulling it? Okay, those are those are good questions, and thanks for calling back in. Your ewes probably don't need fertilizing. You can always top dress with a little compost if you want to. Uh, make sure it doesn't like touch the trunks of the of the plants or the stems of the plants if you're fertilizing your flowers. Uh, just just set it, just sprinkle it around. If you have uh, mulch, you can pull back the mulch, sprinkle a little compost, put the mulch back down, and nature will water everything in for you. Uh, and the other with the thistle, sometimes the easiest thing to do with thistle, rather than pulling it because that's so hard, is to just take your pruners and cut it right off at ground level and mark it if you have a lot of thistles or, or you have things that get away from you in the garden like I do. Just take a little stick and mark it or something. And then check as it starts to come back again. Keep cutting it right off at ground level. What you're trying to do is starve the roots, and you don't want it to leaf out too much because then it can photosynthesize and put energy back into the roots. So you just keep cutting off those the what comes up, and pretty soon, it, well, not pretty soon, depending upon how big the root system is, it will not be able to send up any more leaves because that's a lot of energy that takes to send up leaves, and hopefully that will kill it. And then you don't have to worry about pulling it. You don't have to worry about disturbing your sedges or anything like that. Good luck with that. Sod question. Texter says, when is the best time to sod, and can I just rototill the weeds first and then sod, or do I have to kill all of the weeds first and then sod? I would suggest um, if you want to rototill and then scrape out all the weeds, let the soil rest for two or three weeks if you can, or a week, 
see what comes up and pull those weeds or treat those weeds and maybe do that a few times because as you rototill you're going to be bringing stuff up from the from the ground from the seed bank and you're going to be sprouting a lot of weeds um, and then when the weather gets a little cooler uh, then I would put down the sod if you want to put down the sod this time of year or in the August when it's hot just understand that's really stressful for you it's really stressful for the plant you can do it. It just means you have to be really diligent about watering and taking care of it. Uh, and you want to put that sod down then when the, when the soil is ready. You can even mix a little compost into the top of the soil to help it get ready for the sod. Good luck Sounds with your good. sodding. And extend, go to the Extension website. They have excellent information on lawns because they know how important lawns are to Oh, people. absolutely. Extension.umn.edu. This listener, Teresa, is uh, growing potatoes in containers for the first time. Cool. They have a question of how do I know when to harvest? Um, there's some, some ideas. Um, when it starts to flower, uh, you can check a few, maybe dig down with your hand and see how big the potatoes are. Um, it's when, when your potatoes are the right size for you. Some people like them when they're tiny and new, and then you can just, you know, okay, there's looks like a bunch in there now. I've been feeling around with my hands. I can pull up one or two. Yep, they're the right size. Or they want to just let them grow and grow until the plant starts to look like the plant is kind of dying. And then you can just tip out the bucket or the container and onto a tarp and dig out your potatoes and then put the rest of the soil back in and maybe grow a fall crop of lettuce in that container. Very good. This listener sent a text in saying, my outside ferns are all turning brown as if they're dying. We live in southeastern Minnesota. Could it be the drought or is there a disease? I would guess it's the drought. Uh, so if you can give those ferns a little bit of water, it could be that maybe some tree went down and they're getting a little more sun uh, than normal. Or maybe there's just been the high winds, and the winds can really dry out plants too. So, you know, think about giving them some supplemental water. Probably they'll come back fine next year. But it, when I see stressed plants, I think I should probably give them a little something to help them out, even though I don't baby my plants very much. So there's not a disease that I'm aware of. It's probably just the weather conditions that we're experiencing. We're all a little stressed with them. Okay. Oh, boy, there's so many here. I can um, do speedy, quest speedy answers okay. if you want. I can try well, here, that. Here, here's a critter question. A uh, texter sent in about box elder bugs. Other than warm water and Dawn Dish soap, what else can this person use in uh, keeping up with uh, all this hatching of uh, box um, elder bugs? Take a, take a uh, shop vac out there. Take a little vacuum, vacuum them up, uh, and then put them in, empty that container into a plastic bag and do with it as you will. Uh, we're seeing a lot of box elder bugs this year. And uh, so we're going to see a lot of box elder bugs coming into the house in the fall. So be prepared for that. Okay. This uh, listener says we have a, a soft maple at Mille Lacs Lake. For the past few years, it sends something like white snowflakes that melt into a white, syrupy, sticky mess all over everything. Windows, decks, cars, etc. What is it, and how can we fix that? Whoa, that's a new one. Um, that I'm, I'm not sure what that is. It could be honeydew that's dried and it's dropping down. Uh, that's some aphids. Uh, the aphid aphids are are sucking juice out of the tree and then um, relieving themselves of the extra sugar. Um, otherwise, it could be some some downy aphids. But I I honestly don't know what that is. That 
I would I would suggest if you can to to get a sample while it's white, and then if you can find a farmers market where there's master gardeners, um, look, bring it into them and see if they can if they can identify it. Maybe look at it through a, a micro or a lens or something. See if you can see what it is. If it doesn't look like some kind of insect, or if it just looks, I don't know what that could be. I wonder, it, it, we've talked about it, an issue you just mentioned before, and I know when I've left my car outside uh, yep. instead of the garage, mm-hmm. it, it's got uh, this sticky kind stuff. of a sticky stuff Honeydew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honeydew. It's and insect. In fact, I'm going to wash pee. that off today. But yeah, insect yeah, that's pee is what, what it is. is. Yeah. I haven't, and, and, I haven't and seen I'm, the snowflakes. But. Yeah, it might just dry and crystallize on leaves and then fall off that way, but I've never heard of that. Usually it starts to turn black as... as um, as uh, what am I trying to say? Like molds and that start to start to grow on it because it's a nice sweet, sweet substance. We only have uh, Teresa about a minute to go. Okay. Uh, let's do grab one more here. Do you know? Texter says much about the northern accent roses. Are they disease resistant and hardy? I have no knowledge of them. I'm sorry. Okay. Now that's more homework you people give me. Okay. <laughs> you, you, I don't can, know. Uh, I would look at their website and see what their website says. I, I have I've never even heard of that before, so I really have to get back into it and figure that out. You can uh, do your research and turn in your papers next week. I will turn out. in my papers next um, week. <laughs> what eats, we've got to go real fast, what eats the flowers off my squash and get no produce? I've tried a lot of bug products. There are some caterpillars that might eat that. Some beetles might eat that. Uh, I I wouldn't worry. Your squashes probably are going to have a lot of flowers. I wouldn't worry too much about that. Well, for one thing, we want you to get to the Arboretum. Uh, again, uh, you have to make reservations online. Uh, and if folks don't know where it is, it's a great time of year, any time really. But, but if you have family or friends visiting, that's mm-hmm. a great place, a great destination. And if they have kids, if they have kids, there's mazes and stuff for the kids to run off that energy. So they just fall asleep in the car on the way back to wherever you're coming from. And don't forget to to get on the university website, extension.umn.edu. Teresa, good to hear that you're going to be back next week. Let's plan on it. I will do that. Have a great day, everybody. You too. Thanks very much. Master Gardener Teresa Runa. Yeah, she'll be back next to Saturday here on our Smart Garden Show. Get those home improvement questions ready for Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction. That'll be coming along after the news break next hour. In the Twin Cities, fair skies, a little bit of haze and smoke out there. Our current CCO temperature reading 65 degrees. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.